Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. I am Eric J. Olson, your host for this episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. In this podcast, we interview America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to run their business, grow their business, and keep their case pipeline full. And today, I've got an Instagram buddy that's coming on, a PI lawyer out of Florida, Bill the Lawman. Hey, guys. What's up? What's going on, Bill? Doing good, man. Just can't wait to get this uh, thing going and talk to you, man, because I am jealous that you're a handsome guy with no hair that looks better than me. I've been trying to figure out how I can work my mic to look better, but I just can't look as good as you. So, All right. That's going to have to turn into like the clip from this whole interview. That's I'm <laughs> going to be blasting that all over Instagram, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Yeah. So I run a 30 person uh, firm here in Orlando, Florida. We do uh, primarily personal injury and criminal defense, uh, some administrative work as we're getting into that. Uh, representing professionals uh, with licensed defense. So we've got a slogan, uh, everyone deserves a second chance. Like you, buddy. So, uh, but that's our slogan, everyone deserves a second chance. And uh, been, been around since uh, 1999, actually. All right. Yeah. Actually, that uh, I, I was just talking to someone that works for us about 1999, 2000 timeframe. That's when I got into this internet thing. It was relatively new at the time. My guess is that when you started, you probably didn't mess with the internet much as far as trying to get business out of it. Is is that an accurate assumption? Yeah, when I first started, uh, I didn't go, no. I wasn't actively getting uh, clients from it. I used it kind of as a search tool. Um, had a website up that was like a brochure, but didn't really spend as much time as I could have getting on it on the bandwagon right away. Yeah, that's right. What was it like for you when you first started your law firm? Uh, were you focused on personal injury and did you like get a lot of referrals? Is that how you kind of built the business up? You know, I was a, a prosecutor and worked for a PI firm. And initially uh, I was a working trial lawyer. I had over 100 trials as a prosecutor and then got into defense work, enjoyed it. Uh, huge ego at the time huge win record, was an unbelievably great trial lawyer and a stupid human being. So I had no emotional intelligence. I had a huge ego. I got my business all from word of mouth and was able to charge and set prices, you know, higher than even, I got to tell you, even than what we charge now for the same kind of thing. Uh, and then got into personal injury because I'd worked for some PI people and uh, slowly started developing that you know, lost my ego and yeah. uh, as, as well as my hair over the years and started and started developing the most important thing, dude, which is emotional intelligence. So I can definitely tell you have very high EQ, uh, very relatable just for the audience's benefit. Uh, we, we were chatting for 20 minutes before I hit record. Very easy to have a conversation with you. That's for sure. I can empathize with, you know, things like having an ego at a younger age. And it is interesting, like certainly as you're kind of Starting a journey or, you know, a couple of years into it, it, for me, I was the same way. And uh, I, I think it's, it's interesting how that shifts over time. I'm just like you. As time went on and I started to get a couple wins under my belt, I didn't feel like I had to uh, broadcast 
my success quite as much. Um, I, I felt I got more confidence and the ego kind of, I mean, like it's still there, but kind of, I was able to control it, I guess, you know, do you feel kind of the same way? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of stoicism. Uh, I'm not sure I a hundred percent agree with everything, just like every philosophy, every, every religion, you know, there's, you have to have faith and belief, but there's also aspects of certain things that can't take everything so stoicism is about putting down your ego. Uh, Ryan Halliday's got a great book about that. The ego is your enemy and he's got some follow-up books. So yeah, I do find that. And I think that's important. And I will tell you, it, it helps because business is tough. It's, it's goes up and down. And uh, when it's, you're down during your down periods, if you have a huge ego, you can have the propensity to crash either through drug alcohol or just running away or doing whatever. If you don't have an ego, you kind of just, or your ego has been lessened. You kind of get down in the weeds. You know, you're always humble and you just know like, look, this is a time, it's a, a phase and I'll get through it if I work hard and continue to, it's not about me. It's about the people we work with. It's about our clients. It's about our friends. It's about our family. It's not us being the greatest digital marketers or the greatest lawyer or anything like that. So that's it does help. It's kind of selfish, actually. It's a good way of coping through the world. So that makes any sense. Absolutely. And certainly coming out of, well, hopefully we're coming out of COVID. We're recording this in December 2021. This may not come out for a couple of weeks or months, but during the beginning of COVID, I know the personal injury lawyers that we spoke with, or I'm sorry, that are clients, uh, but also the ones that we've interviewed here had a difficult time at the beginning of COVID. The courts were shut down and without, you know, kind of the, uh, I guess the threat or, or the possibility of trials, uh, you know, makes negotiating a little more difficult. Did you experience that as well? And yeah, so we did, Eric. I'll tell you a couple of different interesting uh, takeaways, and we're not out of it yet, I don't think. But a couple of interesting takeaways for some of your lawyers, I think, that might be useful for some of the people listening to this. Yeah, PI was 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 hurt bad. Our criminal practice was decimated because they had lockdowns and people didn't want to spend money. They were scared. No one was arresting anyone for anything. You'd think that with riots and all that other stuff. No, there was people weren't getting charged or anything. We had to come to a point where we almost had to shut down. So I, I always grade my employees on their ability. Do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity? But I came up with a COVID grade too. And what I found was that not always your highest achievers were your best COVID grades, meaning how do you respond when shit hits the fan and things are really bad and you're telling your employees that you're all going to have to take a pay cut, including the lawyers. So we didn't give our people a pay cut. We gave the lawyers a pay cut. I took that same pay cut and there was no sneaking distributions in the back either, because I can tell you my wife was pissed that I took us all the way down. She's a lawyer in the firm as well, but but we had this COVID grade and I found during that time that it was uh, interesting because you could judge people on their character and they weren't always your A employees, by the way, which makes it very different, different. But as we're going through this process, it makes me think about who I'd let go first the next time a, a huge crisis came about. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we kind of went through the same process for us uh, here in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, it, it arrived on March 16th, 2020. And it was like, it just, it came immediately. Call after call from our clients, pause this, stop that, get me out of this contract. And uh, for about you know two or three days, it was putting out fires and chaos. And as a advertising and marketing agency, like I, I felt very vulnerable. We actually ended up doing quite well. And after about three days of that, I, I changed from defense to offense. And uh, we, we doubled down on our marketing. And, um, but I did have to tell our employees, Hey, prepare. 
prepare for some rough times. I don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to keep this thing together as well as we can. And we didn't have to lay anyone off, uh, thankfully. But um, but yeah, it was a tough time. And it, it required me to, to come up with a different mindset because everybody was was saying, this is the big one that we've always heard about. And, uh, and it, it was it was scary, right? I think it's still scary, but I just choose not to live in fear. I mean, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I mean, turnover is difficult too. Like, you know, you could lose key employees. They're leaving. Uh, sometimes there's a season for change. So not only an external force, it could be internally. And I think it's just a mindset, how you live life. I mean, the thing with COVID was really like, in the end of the day, what's the worst that's going to happen? I mean, death. So that puts everything in perspective. The reality yeah. is like, it's your business. You have to survive. But I mean, does it really matter if you're dead? So, you know, I, I to me, I take little big lessons out of, out of small events and I take little lessons out of big events, whatever the hell you want to call it. But I, I, COVID has been something that I think has been a game changer for my mindset because you had to pivot, you had to learn and you had to move forward. And obviously when I say we're not out of it, I'm not being negative. I, I, we just don't know. I live in a state that we don't want to get into politics. I'll just tell you, I'm happy that I live down here for whatever reason. We're choosing to go a different route. And I will tell you that there may be benefits and disadvantages to it. But from a mindset thing, even people that don't dis, don't agree with our governor, there's less fear going on here. It's crazy. Yeah. It's almost like come along or don't. Now that could be crazy. There's other states that have shut down completely. And I'm not judging that. I'm just saying, I, I wonder what it would be like. Because during that time when we had a lot of shutdowns here, there was a lot of depression, a lot of anger. And, you know, it just was horrible. Yeah. You know? Agreed. Do you have a group of, of peers, like a mastermind that you get together with? Uh, and were they, did you have that in place going into COVID that you can lean on them? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've been in, in a, I mean, you may be familiar with this. I'm going to, was in a coaching program called Strategic Coach by Dan Sullivan. He was actually the guy that taught Gino and then Gino opened traction which is eos mm -hmm. yep the eos system through that journey i joined uh, john fisher's mastermind and that is dovetailed now into my own mastermind called the lawman's lounge mastermind and also i now facilitate masterminds for maybe four other lawyers around the country so i facilitate them so having that support network during this time was instrumental because when you give to others they're willing to give back so yes I, john's group mario godoy's group my group there's a something off the top of my head the person if he listens is be pissed off but i facilitate them so yeah we had that i don't know about you but that support was critical during the last couple of years absolutely yeah uh, i'm a member of uh, the entrepreneurs organization and uh, they were incredible everyone just jumped in and we were providing information to you know, thousands of members all at the same time through our internal kind of chat and messaging system about what's going on. I heard this is going to happen. PPP's coming down the pike. And just like If I hadn't have had that group of people, I probably wouldn't have taken advantage of any of the programs that the government put out just because I would have been like, ah, bureaucracy, whatever. But um, I, I really got a lot of good information. Um, the founder of EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, Vern Harnish, the author of Scaling Up, which is uh, very similar to traction yeah he, he did a, a webinar and spoke directly to us about his recommendations on what we need to do right now so um really insightful to to be a part of a, a peer group of other business owners that are going through the exact same thing you are invaluable so that's really interesting that you you've gone through that progression and now you have a mastermind and you facilitate other masterminds 
Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yeah, Eric, you know, it's funny. I forgot what one of the key takeaways from all of that was the PPP stuff, because as you know, every single day, there was a change in the legislation and, you know, without having an up-to-date, we had a, there was a guy that was a digital marketer who he was doing it to build a list, but he brought on a very, very experienced uh, PPP government benefit lawyer. And that was helpful also because we had yeah. up, up to, up to minute day by day. It felt like day by day. I think it was week by week. Yeah. But it felt like it was, we got that information and that was a, a key thing because a lot of us wouldn't have survived without that PPP loan. And, certainly was helpful during the time to get it and uh yeah you're right so yeah so for as as much uh frustration as the government can be sometimes as a business owner and for managing partners that are watching or listening uh, uh i i think we're all kind of kind of grateful for what they did back in 2020 it was pretty helpful that's for sure 100 percent, right yeah <laughs> well hey let's let's shift a little bit i think you do a really good job of your marketing I found you. Uh, yeah, I was introduced to you by by John Fisher because uh, I interviewed him a few weeks ago. Uh, but then I I found you on Instagram and I started following you. And uh, yeah, you're, you're doing some interesting things. One of the things that you did recently was you got a limo. It says uh, I think uh, what, what the lounge is it the Lawman Lounge? Is that yes? So the concept. Yeah, I have a podcast called the Lawman's Lounge, and uh, we had started this like a, maybe two or three years ago. And the idea, I like cocktail bars. I like other bars, but uh, I just like all kind of bars. But and yeah. I'm not a big drinker actually. But I uh, I like going to bars and lounge type bars, speakeasies, craft cocktails because the bartender knows their craft and they're quiet places. Sometimes there's some good EDM music, some chill lounge music, just different kind of things. So. The, the concept of Lawman's Lounge is that the lounge will travel wherever we are. So whether it's on YouTube or whether it's in our office, whether it's in a mastermind or whether it's a, a lunch seminar for lawyers, the lounge travels. So we wanted a vehicle that would represent visually the traveling lounge. So I bought a white limo and no one buys white limos. And uh, this was right during kind of when COVID hit. So people weren't using limos. So I bought this huge ass Durango stretch limo. And I won't tell you what it costs because that's the beauty of it. it. But it was like a wedding limo. And all my friends used to make fun of me. So I wrapped it blue. Carly, my executive assistant, was one of her ideas. And, you know, we just called the Lawman's Lounge. And we're going to start podcasting it and, and traveling. Uh, I sometimes drive it. I'll drive some of my lawyers around town uh, in it. And I have a chauffeur cap, but the point of the lounge is, you know, I, I lend the vehicle out to people so that they can go to events. I lend it to clients, lawyers, but I also will use it to podcast and that's our next use of the vehicle. So I, I love it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, you know, one of the things about marketing is you, you really need to stand out. You got to do something different. If, if you play it safe and you do what everyone else does, the best you can do is blend in. And uh, the whole point of marketing is is to stand out, you know? So some PI lawyers, it's uh, it's all about, you know, I'm gonna fight for you and, you know, like bears and tanks in the back. I've seen those commercials. I, I think you're taking a different approach, which I really like. When, when it comes to social media, is that a driver of leads for you? Social media is not a, is it a driver for leads? 
one of the most disappointing things about marketing for us, I'm, I'm a grassroots marketer. I have a dichotomous practice. So criminal is a lot based on uh, former clients, lawyers, but then a huge mix of digital, LSAs, PPC, organic search, Google local, blah, blah, blah. My PI marketing until recently is 95% word of mouth grassroots market. Social media has been great as far as getting me out there and letting people know the lawman, which is my nickname that I've had for years, but never owned it until like two or three years ago when I started not giving a fuck about what other people think. But I'll tell you, it has been the biggest disappointment as it relates to getting leads when you're paying a third-party service to do it. They do a masterful job, all these companies. I've spent as minimal as $500 on a third-party VA from Czechoslovakia to five or 10 grand a month on a local, not a local company, but companies in our area drive that social media, I mean, and sophisticated video and, you know, watch the video, cut the video down. You know, the more, you know, your pool of people, the more people, that all that BS. I still can't shake a lead out of that. I could shake tons of leads. None of them are qualified. So for me, that's been frustrating. I've used a lot of different companies. Now, when you say a driver, yeah, it's a driver. Is it trackable? It's kind of like a billboard. You know, you got to put yourself out there. People know what you're doing. Um, it's not really a comfortable space in the sense that I like to brag about ourselves. So I don't do a good job on my bill as a lawman, letting people know that I am a personal injury lawyer and criminal lawyer, that I run a firm. Um, so I, you know, I've been doing more of that now, sharing my firm posts to my pages uh, and letting people know and accepting that that's just part of life. But is it a driver? Yeah, I've made lots of connections, lots of referral sources. Uh, lawyers like to send me work after they get to know me. I use the podcast on social media as a way to meet lawyers. Um, kind of similar to what you do. You kind of meet uh, different mm -hmm. interesting people. So to answer your question, I think I just answered it. You know, uh, Instagram is a really interesting one as far as social media goes. It's um, it's certainly like the, the hot one these days. I've, I've personally kind of walked away from Twitter, which is historically where I did a lot of my social media and focused on Instagram and, and trying to build it up. But um, you, you had these different parts of Instagram, actually. So you have posts, you have reels, and you have stories. Uh, th there's other parts that they kind of like add or remove as time goes on. But you know, one of the things about, well, like with stories in particular, since they're ephemeral, they only last for 24 hours. That seems like a really good place where you can do your selling, right? So come on, hey, um, have you been hurt in an accident or take some of your firm content, put it out on a story. Uh, and then it just kind of disappears, which is great because when someone goes to check you out, they'll basically look at your feed, which is kind of that curated look and feel. And they may only see one of those sales stories. So that's kind of a tactic that we've been taking. And, and I think some, I actually picked that up from Gary V years ago. Like that's the place to sell is in stories, not in the post. And then reels is, um, this seems to really be the only place that you can get discovered these days on Instagram because yeah, otherwise you have to follow. You know, I don't buy followers and I don't, you know, I, I went through, a, I'm trying to grow my thing organically. There's a lot of influencers that are adding onto their profile by doing stuff, but I will tell you an interesting story about reels. Um, I put up a reel about me cooking the other day and it was good. It had a good content, but I put up one about potato leek soup. 
uh, me cooking using knife skills, not the last. And I looked at him like, oh, that 9,000 views. Yeah, and I crazy. Was like, huh? Yeah, not. And the one I did uh, with pasta had like a thousand views, but I was, I was shocked. I'm like, you're on. Yeah. It's like, you're onto something with the reels and uh, you're right. I mean, it, it, it does make a difference. I will tell you I have a lawyer in my office, Eric, who does TikTok, uh, Rachel Maddie. And it's, and it's, it's hilarious. She has, I think her highest review videos, $4.7 million. If you ask her if she got a case, you know, she would tell you, you know, no, but yeah. Or, or who knows, right? Yeah. yeah. But you know, but these reels are an interesting place. I like them. And you know, I, it's hard, you know, I think what's, what's, what's hard with this media is, is that it requires you to do some of the work. You could get someone, a VA or someone to assist you with it. But uh, I mean, it's hard when you have, you know, I mean, that's not your only thing going on. And I don't want to be, you know, my thing of creating TikToks and, you know, doing the technical stuff. I don't really want to deal with that shit. But that reel that you just showed your audience is actually me putting stuff together. It wasn't that creative. It was just kind of like, here's what I do. Here's a recipe. And then because I have a lot of passion for it, I mean, it, it got a ton of likes and a ton of, of views. I was shocked. So I just put up my roasted butternut squash thinking, shit, this is easy. And I posted at the same time, maybe an hour later and only got a thousand. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I can't really figure it out. I, I look at my insights to see when my audience comes online and they basically come online at about six. They stay until about 10. Doesn't seem to drop off, but I, what I found is 6.30 a.m. Well, it's the perfect time unless Instagram doesn't want to give me credit for that time, for that content, for the same hashtags. Yeah. It's yeah, I, I haven't really quite figured out reels, but I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, it's fun, though. Uh, you know, I love cooking and I feel like if you follow your passion, you know, you always get a takeaway. And that was Gary V's takeaway that I never paid attention to. I forgot. And with this podcast, I'm going to thank you right now because that does remind me to do more story related selling in my bill as a lawman, not just my ULF, Humansky Law Firm and then keep the context of my stuff down. So I appreciate you for uh, reminding me what's important actually. <laughs> you know, so, something else, um, I, I used to binge on on Gary Vee all the time and uh, he kind of backed off over time. But um, one of the things that I also picked up from him, I give him full credit, is a document versus create. So as an example, uh, the reel that I, I shared, uh, it, it's you cooking, I'm guessing that you didn't make that soup just for the content. You were making it anyways, right? You needed to eat. You like to cook, it seems like. And so you made content in the moment. Is that a, is that correct? Yeah, and that's one of the things that we've been trying to do is find a videographer to start going live, to start doing a lot more authentic stuff yeah. in the moment, you know, and hiring a full-time videographer that kind of gets you, understands that, then shoot and shoot video. So yeah, I didn't do the soup for the reel. I mean, it was right. an afterthought, you know, and it is what it is. So yeah. yeah. But, but it's, you know, a lot of people think oh, I've got to make time for this. And in some cases, yeah, yeah, you, you have to, you have to put some mental energy into it, but you can document what you do day in and day out. And look, uh, people think that the, the life of a lawyer is uh, pretty cool. I mean, there's movies, TV shows about it. Right. And so just, you know, if, if you're a trial lawyer going into a courtroom, like it, people don't see that a lot and they may find it interesting. So there's opportunity. Hey, uh, we, I, I, I want to respect your time. We're, we're way over, but I don't even think I've, I've asked like one of the questions that's like we normally ask because we've just been going back and forth, which is great. It's the way I prefer. But I do want to ask one question about what is there something in your marketing that hasn't worked recently like it used to before? I mean, 
we talked off air. I mean, it's, you know, right now, I mean, I've been doing this for X amount of years. And, you know, I told you that I had gone, actually, I now remember the name, Stompernet. It was a seminar on how to create your own internet company, digital marketing company. And um, I think currently you're getting me in a phase where uh, Google just released an algorithm. I don't know, this podcast will be released out beyond it. And it's a huge change. So we're just going through that moment now where we're going to have to adjust, retool and get out of it. How long it's going to take? I don't know. Sometimes it's taken as little as two weeks. Sometimes quite frankly, it's taken two, three months. So, you know, that's just based on that. Now, if you're asking me about another marketing tool that used to work, that didn't work, um, you know, old school used to be direct mail and snail mail. That stuff obviously is years past, doesn't work as much anymore. And so, no, I mean, pretty much everything I do uh, is it, it, it works. I don't know how to explain that to you, but, you know, evolving towards your market is important. I, I would tell you I was starting to get on Clubhouse and I got off real quick because I didn't see the return on that. But I do grassroots stuff. So foundation, I have a charity called the Second Chance Foundation. I'm in private clubs, like the university club, which has a good group of people that support each other. I'm in Rotary. I used to be involved in a lot of legal organizations. I kind of backed out of that to start doing more work on my own foundation. All of it works. I mean, gratitude giving, you know, there's books on how to give gifts to lawyers. I give your managing partners or the people that are listening to this podcast, you don't have to spend a lot of money. I wanna give you an example. I know digressing, but I had a buddy of mine who's a doctor go through kidney stones. And with this Google Rhythm update, our caseload has dropped significantly in the last two or three weeks. And so I'm tight on marketing and budgeting. So, you know, we tasked our director of PI marketing. How do we find a gift for this person who's Mormon, who also went through these stones, which is painful. And so, you know, this person refers me a lot of work. We found $20 pair of cufflinks that have stones on them, kidney stones, right? That guy's going to love that. And we're going to give it to him. He's going to wear it with a badge of honor. Yeah. And so when you, when people give you gifts, when people give you referrals, a thank you note, a thank you card is not good enough. Or even a gift is not good enough. You have to make it an experience, something that relates to them emotionally. And that stuff never goes out of style. So, no, I think everything is working, actually, other than right now, the current scene of um, SEO. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm a huge believer in SEO. Uh, it works. But yeah, there are, there are ups and downs and uh, someone has to be paying attention to those things. So when there's a dip, right, there, there, something has to happen for you to, to work your way out of it. It sounds like you guys are doing that, but hey, this this isn't the first big update. It won't be the last. Um, they, they seem to be coming every month or two these days, uh, the, the big changes. So if people aren't focused on playing the Google game, you're not going to get discovered. It's, it's very difficult to get discovered these days if you don't play ball with Google. And as much as uh, any of us don't like to have to deal with the overlord of the internet, they call the shots. And so um, you either figure out what to do and, and they publish all these best practices. They tell you exactly what to do. It's kind of my opinion that they, they put that out there and they may tell you for months or really years, these are our best practices. Thou shalt do this. Uh, these are our recommendations. And then they figure out eventually how to enforce it. And that's where these algorithm changes come out. And the people that kind of ignored it or went black hat, you know, and, and I'm not saying that's you, but um, 
uh, you know, they they could pay the price. So yeah, and I think they're also pushing. I think they're also pushing a more local a local bent. So you know, opening offices. Uh, you know, you know this from doing digital marketing. How many times over the years are like, oh, let's open an office. Let's open multiple offices. Oh, then that wasn't good. Then Google messed with you with that. You could even follow what they're asking, and they were yeah. changing on you day to day. It's like their local service ad. You know, when they came out, it was a nightmare. Then it worked for some people. It didn't work for others. Mm-hmm. I think Google's still trying to figure out what Google wants them to do. And they're all about the bottom line, right? It's a driver. So whatever makes Google money is what Google's going to figure out. And I, I always worry as a digital marketer, you know, when are they going to get rid of organic? Because they always put that squeeze on it, but then they make money off of digital marketers too. So they're kind of like digital marketers are the ones like you just said, thou shalt not Google, you know, so yeah. Google is it. And, you know, as a digital marketer, you know, you make your trade off Google. So there's smart people over there. Right. So, and we'll never outthink them. It's just a matter of trying to, you know, work through what their processes are. As you indicated, they, they put their stuff out there for people to see, and then they figure out how to enforce it later on. So, yep. but, you know, yeah. well, cool, Bill. Hey man, I really appreciated your time. If someone would like to um, reach out, find out more about you, have a question, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, Bill is the lawman on Instagram is probably the best way. Just send me a DM and uh, be glad to talk to you about all kinds of marketing stuff or just practice the law stuff or the EOS system that you showed the book because I'm a big, I'm in the middle of that right now and uh, there's been some great things. We've also had some turnover and if we didn't have EOS, we would be FK. We're doing pretty well with that. And EOS has been a game changer. So they can reach out to me on Instagram. It's the best way to reach me. I do respond to my DMs. So cool. All right, everybody reach out to Bill. I follow him. I've been following him for a couple of weeks. He's got some really cool content. I just shared your reel today where you're in the sauna. Was that on by the way? You're in the sauna with the sweater on. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wanted to turn it on. I, I just got that sauna. It's been a life uh, game changer for me, but yeah. So, but thank you. Who knows? Awesome. Uh, All right. Bill is the lawman on Instagram. All right. If you want to check out other episodes like this, our full backlog is at arraylaw.com slash podcast. Each podcast episode is tagged by the practice area and state. So you can find exactly what you're looking for. And if you're looking for digital marketing for your law firm, check out my company, Array Digital at arraylaw.com. We're a digital marketing agency that focuses on law firms. We provide services such as website development and support, SEO, online advertising, and social media. All right, Bill. Thanks so much. You're welcome, dude. See you later.